This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. You can call in, well, no, you can't call in live to the, uh, to the show today because we've been fighting with our ants, but we'll talk about that as the show continues. Uh, but it is Friday, and we're still doing the show live. It's August 24th, 2015. It is episode number 73. I am Dan Benjamin. And uh, it's a big day for us here in the studio. We have, uh, we have two live in-studio guests. The first of whom is uh, Shlok Vedia. Shlok, welcome back to the show. It's always good to have you here in the studio with us. I'm very excited. You're in the only uh, chair. You're seated comfortably in the, at the intern desk, actually. And you have displaced our second in-studio guest today, intern Maggie. Maggie the intern. Welcome. To, this is your debut on this show, right? You yes, haven't it done is. This show. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you're truly an intern in the truest sense. In the truest sense of the of word. being an intern. In that an intern, I think some people take an intern as somebody who, simply who, who is not full time. But you're an intern in the truest sense. You are in college. Yes. You are interning here, doing a variety of different tasks. Sometimes you do video editing, which is your thing. Mm-hmm. sometimes audio a lot of audio editing actually I strong-armed you into doing that yep. you do the dishes i do <laughs> and for now because our new space is not gonna have a sink yep so and you won't have to do any all, dishes we're gonna i you know i have that very much of, of american at, oh and remind me to talk about the guy freebasing oh man so uh, yes uh we'll have uh probably i want to switch to paper and that feels wasteful to me but then I won't have to wash anything, and then or, I'm not using less soap. I'm using less water, which is worse. What if you just have one or two mugs so that's like if one's dirty, you use the other one, and that gives you time to wash the other one down in the little sink on the yes. second floor? I think everyone gets two mugs, and that's it, and okay. everything else is paper. Okay. Deal? Sure. Deal. The reason, and I want to share how my mind works. The reason that I, while I was talking about paper, that I jumped to the guy freebasing... <laughs> And this will make sense in a second. Because everything I do makes sense later. Mm-hmm. If, if you think about it, I think about paper mugs, paper cups, coffee, travel coffee. Coffee in a travel mug. Where do you use that? Use that in a car. I had one this morning. When was I, I in was a in car? in my car this morning. <laughs> I saw a guy freebasing. So I'm not, unlike some people, I'm not very familiar with the, the drug culture. And... What? <laughs> I, I don't know what freebasing is, so I feel you don't like know what freebasing is. I have no can idea. You, it's not get, get related. On. It's not get related. Oh. Okay. So what you, what you do is you take, you take some tin foil, aluminum foil, as you kids say, and you, you, you take it like this. Heidi, can you describe what I'm doing? You have folded the paper as what we would call like in kindergarten hot dog style. Okay. And then you, you open it up a little bit and you put whatever the powder is that you're going to be burning and inhaling right here. This is in the crease of the hot dog. Yeah. And I, my understanding is, this is from watching that show Intervention, that it's a great I, don't, show. I don't know how you're doing this. Maybe that's on the surface. I don't know. But you have underneath it, you, you light it like this and it starts smoking. I guess then you have the, a tube in your mouth, like a straw, and you're... Like this. So, you know, do, in your mouth? Yeah, you're heating? Right here, and you're like I don't think it's in your mouth, is yeah, it? Yeah, you put the straw in your mouth. How else do you get the smoke in well, your lungs? Well, I don't lungs? know if you're going... 
no, no, gonna, no. You breathe okay. it in through your mouth. Not you're you're smoking, I guess. Yeah. So you have the crease, like this. and then you've got the powder in the crease, and then you're putting the lighter underneath, and you're kind of moving it uh-huh. down the crease. You're not touching the the, the foil, but right. you're, yeah. So I pulled up into uh, a rare third floor spot today in the parking garage. Yes. Ver- a public spot. Public I spot. Would say. Lots of cars. This is eight thirty in the morning. People come and going. And I pull into, you talk about a corporate studio, you talk about someone disgruntled. This guy's so disgruntled that he's got to go and, you know, smoke uh, meth or whatever. I don't know what he's smoking. I couldn't tell that. <laughs> so I pull up and I'm in, you know, I'm in my car and, I'm, you know, I grab my, my bag. And as I turn, I look and I look out the window. And as I'm, you know, getting out of my car, I look in and the, the guy in the car next to me, it's unusual Unless someone's getting in and out of their car, it's unusual to have the what we call the dome light on. But his was on. And I just sort—I wasn't being especially nosy. I just glanced. You glance. And I looked down and I, he had what I would describe as he had things. I couldn't tell what they were. But things, paraphernalia, whatever. <laughs> on the seat of his, the front seat of his car next to him. And then he had the aluminum foil in his in his hand like this like holding it up like he's about to get ready to do something with it and then i i i see this all before i really realized what i was seeing you know what i mean like you, i wasn't right, sure you're yet. kind of your brain doesn't really process I hadn't it process yet it. yeah and so i i kind of looked up and we make <laughs> eye contact for a second and immediately <laughs> made soon, a terrible as error soon as we make eye contact which I should know better. I'm from Philly, right? Yeah, you you've been in Texas too long. Immediately, as soon as we make eye contact, he looks down like this, and 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 then and, and then the, the aluminum foil goes down, dome light goes off, and he starts backing out of the <laughs> right. Like if you're not doing anything shady, you wouldn't do that, right? Like if I was smoking a cigar in my car, or like riding a, and someone or, looks at me, I'm going to like. Or doing origami. Yeah, right. You never know. If I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not going to hide whatever I was doing. So, and then he, then he drove, he backed out and drove like slow around to the other side of the parking lot in, in the parking garage. You know, our garage. Right. Yeah. Very dark. So as a college student, I would like to ask you what he was doing. If you can care to comment. <laughs> Cause I know that's, this is what goes on in college. That's, that's not my friend group. No. <laughs> Fortunately. No. Shlok, then maybe you can weigh in. I have no idea. Okay. I think he was preparing to. Inhale something. Now, on a personal level, I don't have any problem with things like that. My concern is that he's going to go and operate a, a vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only because you made eye contact with him. So this is a little bit on you. He just knocked down the Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe page. That's why we don't ask you back here, Shlomo. Well, I don't know why he did it, but this is the thing that, that kind of concerns me. I'm an employer, right? So, like... Should I be worried that my employees are coming in intoxicated? And what would I do? I've never been faced with this problem. I'm drunk right now. Right. But you're not (laughs) not an employee. But what would I do? Like, what would I do if I found out? Because we don't, I've never even considered drug testing. Maybe I should now that I'm employing interns. (laughs) These two shady ones. Yeah. But really, like, I've never thought about that. What as an employer, what? What is my don't do I have a responsibility to do that? What about all these companies now 
these startup companies that have, you know, they, they stock their beer, their fridge with beer. They have beer, they have wine, they have other things. We've been uh, to lots of startups in, oh, our, yeah. in, in, our, in our travels to XOXO and WWDC and been invited to companies who are our sponsors. And you go and you open the fridge and, and they're proud of that. This is, a, this is a perk to working there is that we have beer in our fridge at all Because times. you're trustworthy. You can drink we a beer. We trust our you employees. You want to drink a beer while you're working? Drink a beer while, while you're working. That helps you focus and work. <laughs> You know, we went and visited the the lovely Mailchimp offices, and they had games all set up all oh, over the yeah. place. They had ping pong and a very tables, special coffee machine that you had to take a class on before how they to would use. let you operate. Yes, which I like. So these are these are these amazing perks that come out of these places, especially places in San Francisco, where getting talent is very hard, keeping and retaining that talent is very hard. Because why would you want to work at Google if you could work at Apple? Or why would you work at Apple if you could work at Nest? Or why would you work at Nest if you could work at Uber, whatever? There's so many great places to go work that people who are decent can have their choice of, of the, an amazing place to go and work. Well, one of the ways you do it is you say, oh, we, we have beer in our fridge. Right? You get this amazing view. Like, remember the new Relic offices? Oh, man, that was beautiful. Isn't that amazing? You can see the bridge, the the, the beautiful bridge. Shlok, you would call it the the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, I'm I'm familiar with that. It's blue, right? It's blue, and yeah. it's got. But they had this beautiful light <laughs> installation on it when we were there. Mm. Yeah, and then kind of like moved. The lights were kind of moving. Yeah, it was, it was like an very. Art, cool. It was it like, an like art fish. Installation. Remember? Yeah, sure. That was cool. Right. <laughs> and that's like a that. Oh, I over my office window is overlooking this, and like Twitter has you know five different or three different cafeterias with amazing food in all of them, and like you go there and this looks like decadence, it looks like opulence, it looks like over the top, ridiculous extremism. Rackspace was crazy too. Yeah, they took over, and for those who a don't mall. know, they took over an, a. a, a a shut down, beat up old mall in San Antonio. And An entire mall. Campus, and it's amazing. It would take you like 15 minutes to walk across the entire building. <laughs> it's crazy. There's different floors and there's slides too. and lots of security. And that's how they retain people. It's not enough to just say we pay our employees well, we give them two weeks off. I, I, I think that's fascinating. But... These places to work there, it's hard to work there. And a place like that, you employ hundreds of thousands of employees in some cases. I've worked at a lot of places where we, you had to do drug testing when you were applying for the job. You'd get a, you'd basically get the approval and you had to go and do a, a drug test. And you would, they would take samples, sometimes even a blood sample, hair sample. Would you submit to that, Shlok? I mean, I have. Have so, you? What uh, were the results? <laughs> don't have that job anymore no uh, <laughs> no i mean like so the 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 government stuff i used to do required a lot of that stuff like um, for clearance or just just yeah, to work at the place both yeah um but like i don't know i mean with startups and stuff like that i mean here for example right like you have such a small team that you have to have complete faith in the people that work with you right um to get the leverage you need and so it's like are you if you're going to hire somebody who's going to be, you know, doing meth in the parking lot, right. like, you probably just need to learn how to hire better. No, but I mean, the, 
how do you know? You're always surprised. You always say, oh, look like the person next door. I had no idea he or she was ever doing anything wrong. Look at this whole thing with uh, going on with Jared right now, the subway guy. Yeah. And the, the stuff that he's That's insane. He's doing. I bet most people, including me, never thought of that when they saw him on the subway ad. I right, wasn't like, thinking he was doing I that. I wonder kind of what nonsense. secret he's hiding. Right. <laughs> so, like, I, someone could come in here, you know, they're wearing, they're wearing a nice shirt, they're dressed professionally, and then they go out into, you know, their car and they're smoking, you know, they're smoking meth. And then they come in, you're like, hey, are you all right? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. I had, I remember uh, in high school, School. I was in May last year, high school, first year, college. Maybe I was doing uh, delivery for a pizza chain. I was doing pizza delivery, driving around, and I remember uh, one of my manager, the the manager of the place. At one point, we were talking, we were chatting, we were having fun, and I was a, a very imaginative, creative young man, like to probe the depths of uh, the human psyche. And I think we were having a, I don't want to say a deep conversation, but a conversation about, you know, transcendentalism or something, alternative mind concept, or did aliens exist or something like that. And he said, Dan, are you on drugs? And I said, no. And he's like, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Are you, are you on drugs? Like he was very serious about it. I guess from uh, several of these conversations that were a little out there for him. He was yeah. very straight-laced. And I was very offended because I was like the one kid that didn't do drugs. I right. was like the kid. <laughs> you know, I think I tried pot twice in college. and But at this point, I had, you know, wine or alcohol was like you had that during Seder. You know what I mean? Like you didn't. You know, like you didn't like that wasn't a fun thing. You just that was a religious. It was thing. a part of something, yeah. right? And uh, and and so being asked that when I was probably the one sober delivery driver that they had <laughs> was just very weird. And you know, like people can take that. You can't. I couldn't just test one employee, even if I had a hundred employees. I couldn't just test one right without making them feel bad. I would have to test all of them. I'd have to test every single one of them. I'd have to in enforce a drug policy. But I don't understand why, you know, in, in some places, marijuana now, legal, completely legal. Not necessarily okay to do at work. But, I mean, I know, I've known plenty of people who have gone to work drunk or gone to work essentially hungover. When you're hungover, you are drunk. Right. Technically speaking. I've never done that. But I know a lot of people that have done that. Shlok, Shlok's, Shlok's hair has hair done that. has done that. My hair has done that. Yes, and I know Minnie Shlok has. <laughs> we've got. I I have to say for the for the record, I have a little a, for the days that Shlok is not here. I have a mini Shlok. That's that's as creepy as it sounds. Yeah, and he sits right here on my desk. I've never yeah. talked about this before, but I bring him in. To be clear, Minnie Shlok sits on Dan's desk, not Shlok. Not the real Shlok. Not the real Shlok. You know, it's something to think about that as an employee, I think you have a responsibility, right? You've got a responsibility to your employers to, I just don't understand. Like, I'm, is this old fashioned? How can you have beer yeah. in your fridge? At, I'm start, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, also, why is that okay? You're, you're hiring adults to do a crazy complex job that they are going to be doing all day, every day. What do they day. need beer for? Have beer because, at home. Well, 
Have you beer want to bar. To stay, I mean, this is the dark secret, right? That you want them to stay there until eight o'clock at night, hanging out, pumping out code. Like, what kind of code are they going to write after three beers? Do I want that code? <laughs> it's very true. Don't hit the whiteboard. I don't know. What, like, this is how the Ansible happens. But <laughs> the point is, though, that you want a gym there, and you want a daycare there, and you yeah. want the beer there, and you want the kombucha there, so that those people stay in the office and do the work that you is going to make you filthy rich. Like. Yeah, that's, I mean, is did there... you, Shlok, did you read the email from the woman who uh, was writing about the co-working space and the lack of a lactation room? <gasps> you told me about that. Okay, I will get to that in a second. Let me do our first sponsor. It is Wealthfront. Wealthfront is amazing. And uh, I want to say thanks to them. They they have come back and forced yeah. to sponsor some of these shows. And uh, and that means that the shows are working. And that means that you guys are are following these links and signing up. So I want to tell you, I appreciate that. Let me tell you about Wealthfront. It's a low-cost automated investment service that makes it easy to invest your money the right way. They work 24-7 to manage your portfolio, to keep it diversified, to, and, and it's all based on this customized risk profile that you fill out when you sign up. So if you uh, want to in, you know, invest aggressively because you're young, good, invest your money. You know what? You could afford, really? You could afford to lose a lot of that money. The stock market's... Uh, didn't do so well the other day. No. And if you had invested in Netflix, you'd be pretty upset right now if you wanted to retire in five years, right? But if you don't want to retire for 20 or 30 years, which seems like a long time and it's not that long, you could have lost everything and you, it'll all come back. Well, you can tell Wealthfront how you want your money invested by filling out this profile. Now, the traditional guys, they're going to charge from like 1% to 3% of what you've got. And then they have all these hidden fees for transactions and you make a change to your account, you get a fee. Fee, 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 fee. Well, instead, these guys take, they take 25 basis points, one quarter of 1% a year, zero commissions, no hidden fees. That's like less than five bucks a month to invest $30,000. Pretty awesome. They made a special URL, wealthfront.com slash five by five. Again, wealthfront.com slash five by five. If you go there, they will manage your first $15,000 entirely free of charge for life. You'll never pay commissions, no hidden fees, and you won't pay any management fees on your first 15K. Special promotion, wealthfront.com slash 5 by 5 Now I must read this disclaimer. For compliance purposes, I have to tell you, Wealthfront is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FNRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risk, and there is a possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Thanks to them, and I hope they come back. Guys, check it out. Uh, Eric, my friend who's now a multi-multi-millionaire, he said that he loves the Wealthfront ads. I said, why do you love them so much? He said, because people need to do this. He's like, you know, before I became a, a billionaire, you know, I wasn't, I, I was investing, but no one else I knew was doing it. No one else I knew was doing it. They make it easy. And it's true. That's what their uh, specialty is. A woman sent, I guess she, she did like an open letter or something like that. I think it was an open letter. To that this co-working. Right. Okay. So this is a co-working facility she sent it to. And this co-working facility, I guess the one that was open near her had no lactation room. So she's a mom. She has a young child. A new mother. A new mother. And she is lactating. And for those who don't know what this means, that she is pumping milk out of her body into containers. She then refrigerates the containers. 
Those go to the baby. The baby is being, I'm assuming, at least it's in some way bottle fed. But there's also the situation that uh, that even if she's breastfeeding the baby, they have to, you have to expunge this from your body or else the pressure can build up. That's bad. That kind of thing. They did not have a lactation room at this co-working facility. And this upset her. And to a regular person who's maybe not part of a co-working space, you think, that sounds really specialized, and I don't really know of any places that have lactation room. But apparently this company has a lot of other uh, luxury rooms right. that have come before. They have a, they have a, I'm not sure what they all were, like but there's like, like a racquetball court a racquetball, and like a sauna. sauna. Oh, right. Like those things came before that. But it never occurred to them to make a lactation room. And apparently in some places, and I think San Francisco is one of them, you're required to By have law. a lactation mm-hmm. area for women to use. And she was very upset about this. But again, this shows you like how things have changed over the last few years. Because I, I guarantee you that when my mom was, uh, was taking care of me and I was a little baby, there were no lactation rooms anywhere. There was no such thing as a lactation room back in the 19... 19- 20s and i don't know when these things became a thing in the world but i think on the one hand you can look at it and say wow what a sense of entitlement right like this 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 woman who chose to have a child chose to sign up to this lactation to this uh co-working place now is complaining that they don't have the lactation room that she was expecting to have as part of her little startup that she's involved in it's like Hattie said, well, they do have a sauna or they do have a, they had a meditation, room, room, meditation room and um, a yoga room. Yeah. And a bunch of other things that were just kind of like, and oh, by, so it's like, just a room with like mats in it. So, okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, but this kind of thing is, again, as an employer, like when you're, when you're an employer, if you're an employer, you employ people, you have to provide things for them. And you don't always think about that. When you're first starting out, you know what I mean? You're, you're not always thinking to yourself, oh, I, I need to provide these things. Like, or you think of you necessities. Think, right. Like I, a desk. I'm, I hired someone. They're going to need a chair. They're going to need a desk. They're going to need a computer on it. Right. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, is this desk the right, going to be the right height? What about the chair? I can't just get them a $15 chair from Ikea. They're going to want a comfortable chair to sit in for a, a number of hours and do they need a light on their desk, you know, and all there's all and, and, and that sounds silly, right? Like those sound like silly things, but multiply that by three or five. And now you've got a ton of responsibility and a ton of specific needs and a, a ton of work to do to just bring somebody in in the front door. Also, the other thing that she was kind of angry about was that they kind of set themselves up to be and look like a company that was very. Uh, supportive of women and they had like a women's group and like a bunch of other things. And she was just kind of confused that like, why, why would you, you know, like support women's movements and like all this, but that you didn't even consider a lactating room as lactation room is strange. So I think she was just kind of calling them out on, on everything. Right. But you know, like the next thing people will say is, um, is, well, do we have a place to, you know, to pray? Because there are some religions that suggest that you pray several times during the day in a certain way. Can you can you ask that? In other words, I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. I think it's a good idea. But at what point do you say, wait a minute, 
Like, this is a lot of stuff that, that just to employ someone we have to have. And there are people who would say, well, yes, you, you have to have that if you want to create that environment. And then you hear these stories from Amazon, right? How these people are toiling away at Amazon at all hours. Forget the actual, like, production facilities where people are working. Right. You know what I mean? Forget that. Forget the fact that there are people in these, in these essentially uh, factories of shipping stuff with these terrible conditions in there. They're not the ones that are complaining. They're like, we'd really like air conditioning. You know? Right. Like that's their request. Is, my, my feet hurt when I stand for 19 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then over here's one. Well, there's no dedicated, dedicated lactation room. And I, I guess I'll have to use the yoga room. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, yes, she should get her lactation room. But they, the, the hundreds of people sweating at midnight right. in the Amazon f- fulfillment center should have air conditioning too. Right. You know what I mean? And it, it just, it's a big thing and things are really changing, I think, in the workforce and the expectations. So what do you, you, yeah, I mean, so I think it's, um, there's this idea that like technology is this like utopian, uh, market, right? Like yeah. we all solve big problems and we drink kombucha all we do it and we sit on well, I'm now I'm just describing your office, but we sit on big bouncy balls <laughs> right. and standing desks and just play with eye watches all the time. Like, okay, the yes, there's that view of it, but then there's like the reality of it where Amazon is a glorified retailer. Uh Uber is a taxi cab company. Like it there's a very clear um, they're calling it software eats the world or whatever, but uh, there's a clear trajectory of like the haves and the have nots, and Dr. Seuss nailed it in that one book with the sneeches or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, so in for high, like, I don't know what the right word is, but like for the intellectual stuff, and you're in a market like San Francisco where you are competing against every other tech giant in a 10 foot radius for the same product managers and the same developers right. and the right developer can make you, you know, billions of dollars. Then yeah, you go build all this stuff because that's what that market requires. But then the market for like the Netflix shipping line, right? that's a different market. Like you're competing against like McDonald's. So you can get away with like, I'll give you two more dollars an hour, hmm. but I'm not going to put air conditioning in. I mean, yeah. this is, like technology isn't utopian it's very market driven um and we put this facade of like it's all clean and nice and pretty on top of it but it's not i mean it it is market forces like pretty much instantiated is that a word yeah Yeah, okay yeah let's go with that maggie when you're when you go out job seeking if you ever if you ever decide to leave here (laughs) yeah i mean are these the kinds of things that you're going to expect that you're going to look for as you enter the workforce? Are these things you're even aware of that, that they exist or are you more thinking to yourself, you know, I just want to like what I do. And if it's because one, one of my first jobs out of school, it was literally a warehouse. They had gotten a warehouse and there were other office built office warehouses, but it was, it was a warehouse and they had terrible fluorescent lights and we had the cheapest possible desks and the cheapest possible rolling chairs. And we were just put in there. The network cables ran along the ground. We had a water cooler and we were allowed, you know, half an hour to 45 minutes per uh, a lunch break. And that was like, that was our day. 
And that sounds terrible. And it was a technology company and it wasn't a startup. It was just a terrible consulting company. And like, but I liked what I did, you know? So what do you think as you enter the workforce? I mean, personally, I'm not hard to please. Yeah. Um, right now I'm doing what I want to do, video editing and audio editing mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like baseline, I'm cool if I can get a job right. doing that. You know, it's a, it's a plus that, you know, we have this view and um, I have my own desk, which is right. not something that I always have. Um, Even though it's really cold. <laughs> it's always it's way really too cold. cold you know, I have a Mac provided right. and right. that's and good cell service. See, I mean, go. I, I, so, I feel I, I feel know. like that's what you're saying. It, that's the mentality that I had. I know how to that's the mentality you have, too. Yeah. I mean, my first job, I was sitting and I loved what I was doing. I was just so happy to even be working somewhere doing design. So I was, my my desk was, I was sat on a couch with two other people on my laptop on my lap. And that's how I designed for like a year, you know? And like, but I didn't care. I didn't even, like, I didn't even know that, oh, I wonder if I should have a desk or like, I wonder if that would be better. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I was just so excited. And I love what I did. And when I look back, I'm like, that was an amazing job, super fun, you know, but like now that I have like my own desk and it's a standing desk and, you know, like I appreciate all those things. Now, could you, and, could you step down from that? In other words, if you, like if to you work, took my desk away or if you went to work <laughs> at another place and they said, Oh, you, you know, you're not going to have a private office. In fact, you're just, you know, you don't have a cube. private office now for this, right. you know, but no, you're not going to have a cube. You're going to share a desk with three other designers or developers or whatever at uh, writers and and you're going to share a desk you know it's actually a long table it's actually a fold-out table and you're going to be at a folding table <laughs> with three other people and there are no windows here and there are fluorescent lights uh but you can bring a small uh picture to put on the desk <laughs> one one personal one item. personal item you know that's, I mean, I'm not describing something that that's, that's not out that's there how right Schloak works basically. that is not how Schloak works <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like you're describing like a a a hell, an apocalyptic. But, but I've worked office. in places like that, and there are. Why? I don't know if those like exist do anymore. That. Why did you do that? You should have not done that. That was a good because it was a good job. Did it, it pay well? Is like that's where the money was going like into that's paying how their employees it was to work at places that, back then. Not yeah, anymore. I mean, this is pre pre. Pre-bubble? Yeah. Pre-boom? Yeah. 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 Well, the times, they are changing. I I, feel like that was exciting. But not in every industry. You should see. Look at this. Look at all these emails I have. Well, this isn't an email. But look at all these emails. And in fact, let me get to the emails. Because there's some really good ones. And we can't do, we can't take calls safety because the Ansible is shot. Do you think we can get Eric to fix it? You think he'll fix it? Yes. What am I going to tell him? Like, well, what's wrong? Well, there's an echo. (laughs) Fix it. All right. let, Let this is we've got so, so many good emails in here, and I uh, <sighs> this one is so interesting. I don't even know if we can do that one. That's a whole show right there. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got to do a I got to do a spot. We'll do Casper. Did you hear the spot that my son did? For, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I do. I do a podcast. At least I've been doing it over the summer. We'll probably keep doing it. I do a podcast with my son. He's seven years old. And somehow had he convinced Casper to sponsor them, the, the, uh, the, the couple of his episodes. And I had no idea how this was going to go. And we, they sent us a mattress to try out uh, way back when the ads first started. So we've had a mattress on, on the floor of the other room in there. 
And I said, That is our own private lactation room. That's our lactation room. (laughs) And I said, okay, you know, Cash, go lay lay on the mattress and try it out. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. So he laid on it. He rolled around on it. He's like, this is so comfortable. I wish we had a little. <laughs> Did he sound punch bite it in. like he said? He, he punched was, it. Yeah, I thought so. He he jumped <laughs> on it. He like would jump and then like slam down on it. Yeah. And he said he went on and on about this. He says it's the best mattress he've ever had. And he, he said wants he me wanted, to bring it home. Yeah. He wants to get rid of it now. We spent a lot of money on his stupid <laughs> mattress at home. <laughs> we probably would have spent less than half on this Casper, and he would have been happier on it. And the other thing is, he'll wake up at night and he'll be like. Um, you know, it'll be like 10, 30, 11 at night. He'll be, have been asleep for two hours. He'll be like, I'm hot. I'm hot. He runs warm. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> go up and I'll check him and I'll feel him and he'll be like sweating in there. I'm like, what's going on in there? The mattress he has, like it doesn't Heats breathe up. or something. Mm-hmm. These mattresses, Casper mattresses breathe. They stay cool. It's amazing. Well, anyway, let me tell you about this. They have cut out the middleman Casper has, and you buy these mattresses at a fraction of the price. And they, they have completely circumvented the whole mattress industry by doing this. They save you so much money. It's a combination of latex foam and memory foam. It's perfect. I can't tell you they've figured out how to make just the right mattress. And they're very affordable. $500 for a twin. And their top price, I think, for a king is $950 for a king. I mean, compare that to the industry prices. That's, in, that's insane. It's insane. And they're obsessively engineered, very, very fair prices. And they let you try it out and you can sleep on it for a hundred days, I guess nights, technically a hundred nights. And you, you don't like it in that time period. They come, they take it away. It's really amazing. And you, I'm not, they could not pay me to tell you that I think that this mattress is incredibly comfortable. They could pay me to read what's on this paper. They couldn't. They couldn't pay for that. It is an amazing mattress, and I do love it. I think you will, too. $50 toward any mattress you purchase. Terms and conditions apply. But uh, 50 bucks if you go to casper.com slash grit. They haven't changed that? No, not yet. Okay. I figure maybe you could take some time away from Facebook, too. See if they could update I guess that. so. Okay. <laughs> casper.com slash grit, and the code to use is grit. And you'll get $50 off your purchase of a mattress. Thanks very much to Casper for making this show possible. First email of the day. I don't know if we can use this person's name. Uh, but she writes in and says, I've been a listener of Quit from the beginning. And I'm so glad it's back with renewed vigor. I've been meaning to call in for some time now, but I always seem to miss the time in your life. See, we were talking about that. We miss the live listeners. About a year ago, I walked away from a company I started with my mom. I built the business from the ground up over 12 years, but struggled to find a a way to make it work when my mom came on board full-time. Rather than lose my family relationship, I walked away from the business. Things changed dramatically when I left my company. My family and I are living comfortably, but I have largely taken on a stay-at-home mom role. With two busy elementary school-age kids, I have taken on the primary caretaker role for them. My husband is happy and capable of providing well for us. While I'm okay with my new role, I'm still finding it hard to have my kids and my family be my single major focus. I feel the entrepreneurial pull to build a business, but now is not the right time. I don't think you've talked much about leaving a job to care for a family, but I'm hoping that you can share your perspective on my situation. All the best to you and Hattie. Carolyn from California. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. That's a great point. We have not talked about that. We have not talked about that. And I think when, when I was a kid growing up, 
And my my mom was, she waited a million years to have me. She was old when she had me. For the time. Yes. She Not- was 26 years old. Right. 26. She was a dinosaur compared to her friends. She waited more, like five years longer than all of her other friends. Her other friends' kids were, you know, in first grade by the time I was starting school. They were in second grade, you know. And people didn't understand what's wrong with her. And she's, well, you know, I wanted to wait. Now, 26, I think, is fairly young to have a kid. I Some, would, yeah, yeah. On the lower end of the spectrum. Lower end. Yeah. And people are having kids well into their 30s, late 30s, early 40s, not uncommon. A lot of the... My mom waited a long time. Yeah. She was 35. Yeah. Whoa. My dad was 40. I was 35 41. when my first son was born. Not, and in fact, that's perfectly typical with all the other uh, guys that I'm friends with that have kids. You're, you know, you're in your mid thirties, sometimes late thirties, sometimes early forties. Not weird at all. Also, I think you know, my my daughter just turned four. Yep, just thirty eight when she was born. Mm-hmm. Not weird at all. And here you have somebody who is, you know, transitioned from I, I am an entrepreneur. I have a business, but I really want to care for my kids. That's a that's a big decision. I think it's much easier uh, for for men to say yes. Let's let's start a family. I uh, maybe I'll work a little less. You know, like, right? For women, they have to actually choose a lot of the time. Yeah. Do am I ever going to work again? And I mean, some see that as a luxury. Other people see that as kind of like a a trap in a way. Like, right. oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to like go into the office again. I'm not going to have something that's my own. So I don't know. I feel like people see it two different ways. What are your thoughts on that, Hattie? I know you come from uh, a long line of people who are, who are entrepreneurial. Most of the people in your family, you've told me, are entrepreneurs of one way or another. Your parents, your aunt, your uncle, uh, yeah. the other sides of your family, all all entrepreneurial background. All my parents' friends, yeah. Everybody is either, you know, just a freelance, you know, makeup artist, uh, photographer, food stylist, you know, like those are the jobs that um, my parents' friends have. And so, I mean, I think my mom took off a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. um, but also they ran their own schedule. So they could schedule, you know, a photo shoot once every couple of weeks and, you know, get our our nanny to come for a few hours during the shoot. You know, Mm -hmm. like it wasn't a, a nine to five thing every single day. So... Special case. Did Carolyn say, Maggie, you have that over there. Did Mm -hmm. she say that that her kids are elementary school age or younger than that, preschool? I think elementary school. Elementary school. Because I don't, you know, she doesn't go into what kind of business she was running. But I know that, you know, she could, she could step into it a little bit. She could step, could she, I wonder, step back into it, do it as a part-time thing if she really wants to do that. How many kids did she say she, she said had? She two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, you know, you have kids. I think there's this, the old fashioned way is, you know, that women should stay at home with the children until the children are older. And, and, and then there was this, I remember, especially uh, in, in my, you know, like teens and twenties, I remember very much that women were like anti that. And, you know, you had the whole concept of the yuppie, you know, where you had like these these men and women that the concept of the dink. Have you heard that term, Maggie? No, I haven't. Dink. 
double income, no kids. Dink. Uh-huh. That this was like a new thing in, in my lifetime of, you know what? Both parent, both people, husband and wife are going to work. They're going to live this life and maybe they'll have kids later on down the road. You know, maybe they'll do that. More and, focused on their themselves and right. their relationship and things like that. And I think now that has become the norm in a lot of ways. I think that that most of the people that I know who are couples in their 20s are planning on having kids 10 years down the road in their mid-30s and their late-30s saying, we want to do all the fun stuff first. We want to travel. We want to work at startups and that be are able amazing to and be able to work there for a year and then quit and then move somewhere else. And right. they want to be... Not as tied down. I, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And then, uh, so I had, uh, I went to the Gap, uh, I guess a week or so ago, to buy a new pair of jeans. And the woman that was ringing me up, I forget how we got on the topic of our children, but we, parents often talk about their children. And I had, you know, I, I mentioned that I had a four-year-old daughter. And she said, she said, oh, she's like, uh, yeah, my kids are, they're all out of the house now. I said, really? She said, yeah, I've got, I think she had three. She said, my youngest is 23. My oldest is 28. I looked at her. I said, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way that you have a 28-year-old. A grown child. grown child. Because <laughs> she looked, you know, she looked young, uh, at least my age. It turns out she's about five years older than me. And she's like, oh, I had my first kid when I was, you know, whatever, 20. I said, oh, that's early. I said, you know what? You were really smart. I said, I'm very tired at the end of the day <laughs> right. and, and with two kids and work and everything else. And she's like, oh, it's great. My husband and I travel and we do whatever we want and we don't have to worry about money. My kids are, have full-time jobs. They don't, you know. And that was always the way that it used to be. I was talking with, uh, I think it was with, with Merlin uh, earlier this week, and he was saying that um, Wilford Brimley in Cocoon which is about these sort of geriatric people, that he was the same age as Tom Cruise is in the latest Mission Impossible. Look at the difference between Wilford Brimley in Cocoon, a movie about old people who get renewed youth from aliens, and and, and Tom Cruise saving the world. You know what? That's always funny because my my mom was like, she was like, people don't, people look, different now when they're 40s and 50s and 60s like yeah like she was like my grandparents didn't have teeth when they were 50 50s right right. like like and now you know um who am i thinking of who did we see the other day that we were like oh my gosh they look great for their age goldie hahn she was like 68 or something and she was like out running and i was like oh my gosh look at christy brinkley now i know these are people who are women who are in hollywood right right their job is to look good you know schloke's job is not to look good, but he pulls it off. <laughs> hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it has really changed. And now, you know, 50 is not old. You're not over the hill when you're 50. You're still, you know, very vital at that age. Yep. And what is the new 50, the over the hill? I have no what idea. Is- I think I it's when you know. can't drive anymore. Right, well, like when your license get rev- gets revoked. <laughs> but you know, like I remember be, there was uh there was a a job that I had in the first dot com time period. Uh it's probably 99 2000 and they brought a guy in and he was like he he had the Jean-Luc Picard hairstyle. 
and he was uh, Mackie's shaking her head now. <laughs> I don't know any of these people. And uh, and she uh, and he 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 like he looked like in my mind he was like an old guy. He was probably in his mid fifties, you know, but like he was like an old guy because we were all so young. And when you look at what's going on in in San Francisco with all of these startups, all of these things all around the world where there are these startups, it's, it's young people, people who are in their, you know, in their early to mid twenties. So I think the perception to answer that, that question, Hattie, of what is over the hill, what is old, I think it depends on your industry. And I think it depends on where you live. You know, if you're, if you're wanting, if with, with my experience and background in technology, my level of ability to code, to run uh, and, and, and manage a group of developers or an IT department. I have a whole lot of experience doing that stuff. And if I went to go get a job at a startup, I would either be perceived as too old, right? And, and the perception, oh, you should work at one of those big companies and you should probably have a C-level title or a VP title because you're like an old guy and that's what old guys do. You know what I mean? Simply because... My age starts with a four instead of with a two or, or a three even. Shalok, do you think that perception is as predominant as I suspect it is? Uh, I am part of the problem on this one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hear about like ageism all the time. I just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm committing the classic sin of youth and it's not my problem, so I don't care. Right. Uh, but I mean, that's exactly what is the problem. Right? Yeah. Like it's guys like me who are like, yeah, I could get a marketing director who's got, you know, has been in the, <laughs> has had a job as long as I've been alive. Right. Uh, but are they really going to be equipped to deal with my problems? Right. They're going to be old and they're going to want to do things the like Xerox way. And, mm -hmm. you know, we live in a, my, my phone's a better scanner than Xerox ever built. So, right. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm going to go to 20. Are the, are the things that you're saying wrong? You that you yeah, would, I mean, you, would pick, you would pick the less experienced person, um, who might be willing to work for less, who certainly would work more hours than the person who's got two or three kids at home, right? They'll come in on the weekends, they'll work late at night. I'm not saying I'm not saying parents won't also do that, but I'm saying if we're going with stereotypes, right? The stereotypical twenty-seven-year-old male probably going to be willing to spend more time at work. Probably able to, able and, to. and able to spend more time at work than the let's go 20 years up 47 year old man. The 47 year old person, let's say they're willing to work for the same amount of money. You know, they might have that old school mentality. They might do it the Xerox way. Right. right. But they might not. They might be like a really cool person. I think the question is more, do I really want to hang out with that person? Because now the mentality of and look at look at the look at the fun size, our friends at fun size, Hattie. Fun size, Anthony and Natalie in their business have created what seems a lot like a uh, a family a family type setup, a family dynamic. They spend a, a extremely large amount of time together, even when they're not working. When they're not working, they'll go out. They'll go out to eat. They'll go out to bars. They'll go out and have uh, they'll uh, go on trips trips together. They'll go and uh, barbecue on the, or grilling on the weekend. Say, I still have my. Philadelphia mentality. Barbecue, barbecue does not involve charcoal grills. Right. And, um, you know, and, and that kind of, we're going back to the lactation room thing of having like, you know, that kind of camaraderie, like that's also a job perk. 
especially if you are pre I have my own family and, and the perk and is working kids. with people you like. You yeah, you work <laughs> with people you like and they become your friends and you hang out with them. And it's like and you've you've had some friends who've done that. Definitely. Where, like their job becomes their a hundred percent of their social I'm not saying this is wrong, but I'm saying that like it becomes a hundred percent of your social group. Well, and you know, I think that's very normal and again to, something my mom said she was like i met all of my best friends through jobs right she was like i no one else came from you know like her younger years or anything she's like that's where i made my friends was Mm -hmm. all later in in different uh you know client meetings and things like that that's because she was made friends with them so it's interesting look where do most of your friends come from these days from the job from elsewhere tinder tinder no, I mean, I live in my hometown, so, like, it's different for me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's work friends. It's yeah. always work friends. Um, but I don't know if I agree with, like, the ageism, ageism thing being, like, I don't want to hang out with older people. Um, I think, honestly— Well, they can't keep up if they're old. They can't hang. But I don't really need that in people I work with. Yeah. Like, what—to me, it's more, like, express your— you that you're still connected that you know what's going like express the dynamism of youth mm-hmm. as because i'm looking for somebody who cares has ability mm-hmm. you know like express that and so if you and that doesn't mean like show up looking like steve jobs and like just be weird because that's a comedy movie waiting to happen mm-hmm. uh, but like it is the ability to communicate that like hey i get you're younger but i've got 25 years of experience i've managed budgets that are like three times as like your parents house like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, you bring a lot to the table. I would love to do that. Versus, like, the Xerox way. Yeah. Maggie, if you went to interview at a place, mm-hmm. you graduate college, you decide, you know, you're out, you've outgrown us. And you want to go work big time video producer. You flip your desk over. Right. And head out. And you go to that you go to a place and you say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna work, I'm gonna interview here. And you go to interview at a place. The person you sit down across from that's interviewing you, they seem like they're in late thirties, early forties. Interview goes really well. You're like, okay, this will be my boss. Pretty cool. I like the place. Good good view. Nice desk. I have a Mac. All your all your requirements <laughs> Cell phone are reception. met. Cell phone reception. Yeah. And they say, well, let me walk you around. You can meet the rest of the team. And, of course, we're going to, you know, set up secondary interviews for you. And you meet and everybody there. There's nobody else there that's in, in I guess, what's the average age for graduating college? 21, 22? 21, 22, yeah. Say you're 22. No one else there is 22. No one else there is even 20-something. They're all 30 and up. Maybe they're maybe 30s and 40s. And you're impressed with the work that they do. But you, you know, whether consciously or unconsciously, uh, you understand that these people have minimum 10 to t- maybe 20 years on you in age. Does that become a factor for you as far as, you know what, maybe I don't want to work there because they're all a lot older than me? Or does it simply love what these guys do? And you know what? I could probably learn a lot from them. I'd say the Be latter. honest. Yeah, no. Um, Be honest. I am being honest. Okay. This, my honest opinion is... <laughs> Well, I've had jobs where I work with primarily people over 30, yeah. mostly 40. Yeah. Um, and I get along with them fine. And as long as they have stuff to talk about on breaks and aren't weird about it and don't don't consider my age to be an issue either. You right. Know? If they're not like, hey, baby child. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well. You're treated with respect. Yeah. And- mutual respect. Um, age is just part of who they are. And <laughs> What's look? What? 
No, I just, I'm I'm helping out the guy in the chat room. So like, oh, I'm, you're trying I'm, to get my I'm, attention. I'm all over the place right now. The uh, so as far as as far as Carolyn is that was that her name who yes. emailed about the reason that I got on this whole age topic is at the, as she waits to return potentially return to the workforce as she stays with her kids doing something that she feels is important for them and that she obviously seems to enjoy feeling this pull of entrepreneurialism going on at the same time, this pull to say, I really liked doing that stuff and I like doing something else. You know, I think that, that as that time passes, it will get harder and harder for her to, to get back into the workforce. It shouldn't be that way, but I think realistically it, it is that way. I think realistically she's going to find that it's a challenge when she comes back because they'll say, well, what have you been doing? If they're elementary school age, you know, kids are usually six or seven in first grade. So she didn't say exactly how old they were. But I'm assuming that they're in their first, second, third grade time period. So let's just say they're 10 and under. She's been out of the workforce now for at least five, maybe up to 10 years. So when she returns, maybe, and, and she had a business before that, is she going to go back and start her own business? Good. Or she is she going to go work business, at a company? Then it doesn't matter. She can do whatever. But if she, yeah, if she started going to work at a company, they're going to say, well, what, what you been up to for the last eight years? Well, I stayed home with my kids and I, that's, that was important to me. It was a decision I made before that I did this business. And as the as the hiring manager, they're going to say, "Wow, it sure has been a long time since you were in the workforce." Especially you nowadays, had your own since... company for twelve years, and right. you spent another ten years. Do you even know how to work in a company anymore? It's different from somebody who's just starting out, right? Where you can kind of shape and mold them and be like, "Well, this is how we do stuff here," and like, "Okay, this is how we do stuff." You know, when you 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 find someone who's not only had their own way of doing it, run their own business, and now coming in to learn something else. I don't know. That's. I think her best bet's going to be to keep doing her own business. Even if it's just a little bit. Shlok, I want to find out more about why she had this thing with her mom and why she had to preserve the relationship. Like, that's the details of what I want to know. Like, why she couldn't stay doing what she was doing? Why can't she go back to that? Fire her mom. Fire her mom. Her mom doesn't need to work. Work, you know, work together. Fire her. You can fire your own mom. I don't think that's going to go well. No. I don't know. I, I don't know. I would say, like, pretend you freelanced for those years you didn't work, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then, again, like, just express the dynamism. Like, it's just, yeah, uh, yeah, I was busy, but I've read every book, and here right. are my ideas about working. Right. What I, like, I care. <laughs> right. Just walk in with that approach. And Prove that you're still yeah. in the loop. Yeah. And to do that, get in the loop, like read yeah. the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, is that, uh, you, you know, she can be, especially while those kids are in school, unless she's homeschooling. Now, forget that. Then she yeah. never gets a break. But if they're at school, you know, she has from the time that she drops them off at school to the time that she picks them up to be perfecting her skills, right? In fact, the best way I can think of to do that is with Linda. Go to lynda.com slash quit and i want her to start doing this right now and i'll tell you what you can do this too she imagine how much she could be learning whether she's reading books or whether she's you know watching these amazing screencasts at linda to learn something new every single day you know she could be taking these courses on 
maybe she wants to develop for Android. I don't know what she wants to do. But there's a course here at Linda that's going to teach you how to do that stuff. And they go and they get the best people at the top people. I always point out, like, they get Dave Dave and Allen to do uh, the GTD classes. Like, that's how they work. Who is the most proficient, the best expert about on this particular topic? That's who we're going to get to go and, and give this. Uh, and I found out who that guy was who was uh, doing the video uh, about how the old school way that Linda had this really awesome guy. I forget his name, uh, who, who did this thing of like, you guys are all spoiled with Photoshop, man. We used to have it really hard. And he oh, you sent that to me. I have to, it like, open. Actually do how we, the graphic designers used to have to actually pre Photoshop, right? The pre Photoshop is he's like the president of AIGA. He's like super cool. But like, that's the kind of videos Sean that they Adams. have. Sean Adams. It's so amazing. The courses that they put together and they're there. You can get them in bite-sized pieces. You can watch them from start to finish. You get in there, you learn on demand on your own schedule. You can watch on your iOS device, your Android device, on your computer. You can make playlists and customize your learning path. And the way that it works is you're going to get access to all 3,000 videos all at once. You don't like it's not, well, it's $12.99 for this one. And then if I want part two, it's another $12.99. No. Flat rate. You get access to everything. Everything. And they're giving you a free 10-day trial if you use our URL. It's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash quit. And that's what I want Caroline, Caroline? Caroline. Caroline. Uh, to go and do right now. Is it an I, Caroline, if it's a Y, and a Caroline, if it's an I? And if there's an E at the end, Caroline? Caroline. Could you have a Caroline with a Y and then just put the E on, like, cook? Cookie. Or Carolyn, L-Y-N-N. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the sandwich shop and the owner. Oh, man. Because, you know, all the time, whenever we talk about creativity and we talk about, we talk about starting your own business, and do it, it's always, oh, I'm a software developer, I write PHP, or I'm a designer, or I'm a, you know, I'm a lawyer, whatever. We almost never talk about restaurants. We almost never talk about that kind of business. Right, because everything's so technological. Everything's technological. Now, yeah. And then I'll get an email or something from someone and they're like, Oh, I'm yeah, you know, I work at a print shop. But I they always it always is like I do some kind of blue collar job and I want to learn PHP and web design. Like that's always what people go to. And I feel like PHP is the gateway drug to like <laughs> technology. That's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or Python now. Python now. <laughs> But uh, we met the owner today of uh, of uh, Noble Sandwich. Yes, which I think used to be called no- the Noble Pig, or the yeah, and something then like that. The Noble Sandwich Company. This these are the best sandwiches I've ever had in my whole life. Oh man, oh best man! If you I've live in Austin and you've never been, you're wasting best your life and I've your ever time. Had my whole life. And. I, I guess we went there for a, for a work lunch on Friday last week. Mm-hmm. And usually I try to, you know, I'll bring a lunch from home. I'll bring a salad. I'll eat a salad here some some days so I save some money. Screw that. We've been I'll waste going all my money on this. Every day. Since, since Monday. Monday. Well, actually we went Thursday or Friday of last week, but we've been going every single day. I can't think of a, like if I think of, hmm, what should I, what should we have for lunch? Well, Everything else pales Everything else in comparison. Shlok, have you been there? Noble sandwich? On, not. Uh, so good. Mm. 
you're not allowed back until you yeah, go. Seriously. Oh, wait, the one right over there? Yeah, it's right there. No, it's okay. like down the street? Burn it. No. No, okay. Oh, man. There's a terrible sandwich place over here. No, this yeah, place don't... is... Yeah, mm-hmm. don't... Okay. going to change you. And and they have gluten-free bread. And, like, if you want it without that, you know, like, if you're paleo, they'll do it on a lettuce wrap, whatever. It's amazing. And the guy, the owner, came over because I've been tweeting to them about how much I love their sandwiches. I'm obsessed. And the owner came over, and he realized, I guess, the one of the Jay. people, Jay, told him who, who, we, who we were. Mm-hmm. And he came over, and he's like, are you Dan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm the owner. Thanks for, you know, the kind words. I'm like, oh, man. And we got into this discussion of how, you know, how he wanted to provide this alternative, this, uh, this, this something different that has high-quality ingredients, natural ingredients. Right. People who care about their craft and who are trying to make something that's, that's delicious. And he's like, you know, he's like the food that costs like $2. He's like, I don't. You, you know, can't buy. You can't buy the ingredients to make that sandwich for two dollars. Like, what is that? that so you're what's eating? in that? What are you right into your like body. Spam. You know, they wanted to make <laughs> stuff that was good and 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 really really truly good. And he and, and his partner both had um like uh, high high end uh, restaurant right, backgrounds, right. and they were like they didn't want to do another high end restaurant in Austin. Right. And so they opened this up, and the amount of caring and creativity and craft that goes into this is just amazing. You know. And I feel like they looked around and they said, wow, Austin is this crazy growing place. Like it's off the hook. People are moving here. 165 people a day moving here. We can do something that's different. We can provide something that's different. You know, they look at what's out there and they see all these like high end expensive restaurants, you know, like the stuff Paul Key is doing, which is amazing. But they say, you know what? People want sandwiches too. Mm. And what a great example of how to focus your business if you have a business idea is look at look at that space that's not being served or look at that space that's being served poorly. Where can you go to to eat lunch? Well, there's lots of places, but a lot of those places you take an hour and a half to get to. You know, you get in there and you got to wait for a while and then they gotta, they're going to bring out your food and they got to write your check and everything. Or your choice is like a fast food place or a food truck. But wouldn't it be nice if there was something else, if there was something that had this kind of amazing quality food, a, a tremendous amount of caring and creativity, but that you could go and get in and get out, convenient location, fast turnaround time. That's why they're, that's why they're doing so well. But it's, exa- it's a perfect example of the way that anyone in technology or any other business, they will be successful because they're making something great, but they're, they're serving an underserved and uh, an underserved clientele an underserved yep. space iron mcleod of clan mcleod <laughs> writes in to say it's aaron mcleod of the clan mcleod he says so i quit he says i like where i work but things have been quieter some of the stuff i was doing was becoming less interesting an opportunity came up with a games company so i took it anyway here's my question what things should one do when they start a new job? Obviously being there on time and working hard. But I'm curious if you have any other advice for those who really want to excel. Have a good Friday, Dan and Hattie. Aaron McLeod. Of the He's a longtime listener. His avatar used to be him with a guitar in the background. So Maggie, I'll turn this question to you. What should you do when you start a new job to ensure that you keep it? Be up to date. 
Yeah. With what you said that you can do. Mm-hmm. Like when I started here, mm-hmm. I said I could do video editing. Right, and you'd never right. even used a computer never before. Never used, no. Um, <laughs> I, I have done a lot of video editing in the past few years since I've been in college, but I've been using Avid. Mm-hmm. And when I got here, I saw that I had to use Adobe Premiere. So I actually used Linda. Oh. I used Linda to uh, refresh. So that was, you didn't tell me to do that, of course. Like I could have just gone in and right. tried to figure things out. But I I knew like that probably wouldn't have been as impressive or I mm-hmm. could have messed something up. So just doing stuff like refreshing my memory constantly, learning outside of the job, you know, to keep up with yeah. what I'm doing while I'm at work. Yeah. I definitely have taken jobs where they said, oh, do you know how to do this? I'm like, of course I do. Come on. It's easy. I've been doing that since I was born. And then, like, you immediately, you know, stop at the Barnes & Noble on the way home and buy, buy like the books. Buy, like, 50 books. Like that, you know. We Say yes have... and figure it out later. Yeah. I mean, in a way, that's kind of fudging. But, like, if it's something you know that you can do, you know, like, for you, you have video editing background. You're simply learning a different tool, learning mm-hmm. how to use how do I do these 50 things I know how to do in this way, mm-hmm. in this tool? Adapting right. to your work. I think that's a really good point. I think, you know, how does, so how is Aaron McLeod of the Clan McLeod going to excel? You know, I, I think there is definitely, there used to be this mentality that like, when you first started a company, like you're going to be putting in the extra time. Shlok, I know you're familiar with this. Like that's the expectation that you're going to come somewhere. You start a new company, like you're not going to be leaving at five. You're going to be there an hour later. You know, you're going to get in a bit earlier. You're going to skip lunch, eat at your desk. If your friend, if the, if the other people say, Shlok, you want to go to lunch with us? Yes, I would like to go to lunch with you. Yes, I would. And you go with them. You do not approve. You do not agree. Well, Has it, dep- this it, de- it depends on the company, I guess. Right. So in a small company, you act, you have to meaningfully actually do that stuff. You're going to yeah. stay late because there's that much to do. Uh, in a bigger company, I think you just need to be seen as doing that stuff. <laughs> so you don't have to work. You just have to right. look busy. It's a big company. Right? Uh-huh. So there's, because those are two different things, right? The office so space a, method. <laughs> right. Right. And in a big company, it's, it's, it's political. And in a small company, it's work. Um, so I think the first 90 days are different for depending on how big the company is. And I feel like the bigger the company, the longer the learning curve is like, oh, this is how you guys do. This is the email service that you use. It's kind of different from mine or, you know, like, oh, this is how you format your emails at this company. And there's a standard. OK, I didn't know that. And, oh, this is the process that you go through in order to get a request through something. You know, like I feel like at a larger company, there's a long learning curve but then again even in a small company there's a long learning curve too because you're like oh i didn't even remember to tell you that you know so i don't know yeah it's it's in again in the old days you definitely had to show up and you had to do those things that you had to create this perception you know that that you were willing to do whatever it took you were willing to be there late if they said work you know, we, we all work till seven. Well, you're you're working till seven, but that's the company culture. You know, how can you prove and go above and beyond? I think in Aaron's case, uh, just like, and this is going to sound like such a such a, a, a staged answer. I think it's just a matter of doing really good work. I think yeah. today it's it's much more important to be doing, like Shlok is saying, to be doing important and good work 
doing your best work, that should be enough. Mm-hmm. It's less important for how long you're doing it. Back in, in I think, the 90s and 2000s, it was about long hours. Everything was long hours, staying late, working late, working weekends, you know. Uh, that that still, I think, is in the startup mentality. But he didn't say he's in a games company. They're notorious for wanting a lot of hours. Yeah. Well, and the other thing was... Scary hours. That I think in the past... Work has kind of been this like, Ugh, I have to take time out of my my fun time, my relaxing time in order right. to go to work. Mm-hmm. Now people actually genuinely enjoy working or it seems that the majority do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there were a few of people that that liked what they did back then. But I think now to to be slacking at work, I think your peers kind of look down on you like, what do you, right. what do you mean you're not doing your best? Like. I do my best every day and so does, you know, a hundred other people. So I don't know. You know what? Combine what you're saying with that uh, work is a family mentality or department is a family. Right. right? Or project group is a family. So that like if the four of us. Your team. um, You know, we're, we're working on a development project. I think, you know, and then we, we establish this great rapport and this good friendship. And we're like, hey, it's. Thursday afternoon, let's go to the uh, let's go to the fridge and get beer, and uh, you know, and then we could go and sit on our chairs and play Xbox together and play ping pong and pool. And this was all right here for us. You know, we might not. Later, You're not forced to work anymore, right? But this becomes this like close knit group, like a fam- family kind of a kind of a group. You know, and you feel obligated and you feel like you owe the other people to do your best work. Right. too. They're all working hard. You're not going to be the one that uh, that doesn't hold up. Right. Your and I think people are much more proud of the work they do now. Like, I think people are proud to say, like, yeah, I work like, you know, 70 hour work week because I like it and I want to and I need to work that much. You're like, I right. want to get all this stuff done. And I think people look hopefully look up to that and they're like, wow, you actually care yeah. and you enjoy working. I've got to tell you, though. For the majority of my career, I I was at work and I might have liked my job, but at the end of the day, I was ready to leave. They wanted me there at 8, I'll be there at 8. They want me to be, you know, 5 o'clock when people head out and leaving at 5. Unless there's an emergency or unless I'm doing some kind of special project with crunch time, you know, 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 and was the normal hours. You know, like I'll be there for that time. But that was not where I wanted to be. You I wanted to be elsewhere. <laughs> I want. I wanted to be either do my own business, do my own thing, or I wanted to be hanging out with my friends, or I wanted to be with my wife, or I wanted to be smoking a cigar on my you know back patio, or whatever it was that that I wanted to be doing. It wasn't at my desk at work, and it's not because I didn't like it there. I just didn't like it as much. And now work has kind of. It's kind of absorbed a big part of that social aspect to it. But I think that – and I've got to tell you that I think there are a lot of people listening to this show that are saying it hasn't for me. Right. Who are saying I enjoy what I do and I like the people that I work with, but that's not my center. That's not my place. That's not where I want to be. That's not the world – that I want to live in at five, I unplug, you know, and I go do something else. Right. And it's still like, I I know there's a lot of these, um, a lot of these startup type companies where that's the whole, that is their whole world. And I think that 
as you kind of branch off from that and say, hey, I, I met I have a spouse now. And at five o'clock, I really want to now go and be with my spouse. Right. Because we work at different jobs. (laughs) As soon as I can leave, I want to go and be with that person that I'm in love with or my kids that I'm in love with that I want to go and see and and hold and play with. I don't want to just see them for a few hours. I want to see them for as much time as, as I can. And and I think that's what, you know, Carolyn is kind of struggling with, with the idea of even going back, you know, at all to something is like. This time is an important time, you know, and I think that in the same way that many 20-somethings have a cat or a dog that they treat as their child and they love it and they often, you know, leave in the middle of a, a nice dinner because they have to go and walk their their dog or let it out to pee. Let me just say this in a, ra- in, a in a way, another way to think about this. You're at dinner with some friends. It's a nice dinner. You're having an, a wonderful evening. At the end of the dinner, it's still early. They say, you know what? Let's go get a drink at this place. Or, hmm, I heard this place has a really good dessert. Would you like to go there next? And, uh, and, and most of the people who are there say, yes, we'd love to. And then there's this one couple that's, well, we have to go home and because uh, our dog has to pee. It's been inside It's all day. been in the crate. So we have to get home t- so it can pee. Now, I'm not saying that the dog doesn't have value. I'm not saying it's not a wonderful animal. I'm not saying that dog maybe isn't even more important than hanging out with your friends for an extra hour. But at some point, the people with the dog will have a child and they'll realize that th- they were personifying the dog to become their child. And then they will have true responsibilities. And then they will have... A- real things. And instead of having to leave the dinner early, they won't go to the dinner at all because they can barely find time to, to wash to, their clothes. Right. <laughs> to like wash, you know, to, to wash their clothes or to, uh, you know, to, to watch TV or to just stare at the wall. Like I like to do <laughs> after a long day. And then you put your kids to bed, you know, it, it, it all changes. And so trying to combine work, trying to combine family, trying to combine these things, when you then look back at those days of like, oh, look at these 20-somethings who can spend all the time that they want at work, who can, you know, who can drink beer from the fridge at work, um, that's a very special time. So, like, if you find yourself with the opportunity to do that, I feel like you got to go all in, you know? If you don't have these other other responsibilities that you will probably have later in life, I feel like that's the right time to throw yourself in into work. But I think still going back to what we were saying before as a final point, that the the it will be harder for the air quotes older people to assimilate if that's the company culture. If the company culture right. is twenty seven year olds who have beer in their fridge, who go out and hang out together and do things on the weekends, guess what? I'm I'm already going to tell you, I'm not going to be there on Thursday night at 7.30. I'm not going to be at that thing. Everybody else is going to be there except Dan because Dan's going to be, you know, reading to his son and his daughter. It's bedtime, 7, 8 o'clock. That's bedtime. And you know what else? I'm not going to go out after that because I have to be up at 6 to get my kid to school at 6.30. I mean, 7.30 in the morning. You guys don't have to be at work till 9. I don't have to be at work till 9. But I do have to be somewhere at 730. 
So that thing that like starts at eight or that evening where, you know, the new Star Wars comes out and you guys are waiting till midnight to go not doing that. Because my kids wake up at 6.30 on Sunday morning, whether I saw a movie at midnight on Saturday night or not. Right. And also, you as a 23-year-old, whoever, not you personally, but the 23-year-old, you can stay out late till 2 a.m., wake up at 6.30 the next morning, get one good night's sleep and bounce back. Takes me longer. I can do it. But when you're in your 40s or even late 30s, it's very different. Than when you're in your 20s. So I'm not going to be at that movie premiere probably. I will probably see it on Sunday though with my kids. So it's a totally different philosophy. And I, I do think that even from the side of the person who is entering into that kind of space that it's an intimidating kind of a thing. Because they're going to know, you know what? It's not that I can't keep up with these kids. It's also I've done that. Right? Like I did that 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I did that. I had that time. But that's part of the company culture. And if you want to work at the cool place, which we all do, and you want to be involved in something that's cool, which we all do, you're already walking into it saying, I know I'll never really be able to be a part of that. And the younger folks there might not realize that. You know, and I think there are plenty of people in their 40s who are like, yeah, I'll go to the thing and I'll bounce back from it. Yes, you will. But there becomes this expectation, I think. There becomes this expectation that the other seven of us are all doing it, and you're only there one out of every four or five times. You must not really like it. You're us. not being a part of the family. You're not being a part of the family. So until you actually go through those things yourself of, wow, I have a significant other I can't wait to get home to see, and he or she doesn't work at this company. Or I have outside likes. Like, I like to go hiking, and right. this weekend— my wife and I have chosen to go hiking, you know, Perdinalis State Park. Right. And we're leaving it Friday at five. Right. She's coming and picking me up and the car is parked, mm -hmm. is packed. Like, Well, you're not a team player. Right. You know. Does that happen though? I yes. Mean, it does. It does yes. It's like I can't take anybody who would act that way seriously. Well, but like, they're your boss and you have that. to take them seriously, you know? And that, I mean, but that brings up a point, right? Yeah. Like It's what the boss wants and... I don't see that many scenarios where, like, the 23-year-old is going to be the boss and not be able to understand that adults have lives. Like, it's going to—I think I think what happens, it's not the young kids. It's the 32-year-old that's uh -huh. going to screw over the 47-year-old. Because the 32-year-old is like, no, I mean, yeah, obviously I'm not doing what the 23-year-olds are doing, but— I can still do 90% of this crap, so— Right, because I'm just to. married and I don't have any kids or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's people in their 30s that are going to screw us all over. They're the worst. Yeah. How old are you? 28. Okay, good. A couple of years before I fired you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. So Schloke exists primarily on Twitter. If you call, And on your desk. If you, and on my desk. If you call, look at the little Schloke. It looks mm -hmm. just like him. Mm -hmm. It looks just like him. I like him. your cloak. He's got a cloak. He's got a your revolver. Your Schloke cloak. He's got, he's got a revolver. He's got a scimitar. Anyway, um... Shloke, if you call Shloke now, he says on his outgoing message, he's like, yeah, uh, I don't really check my voicemail. So I don't even text. know what voicemail he's, and he is. He says it just, you know what? I want to. I do not say it. Call him right now. May I, may I call you? Don't answer your phone. Send it to you instant voicemail and we will call you. It doesn't say your number or anything, does it? No. No. It says my email address, but okay, Don't answer. Does it? At the end? No. It doesn't matter. I don't care. 
you reach out to media. I don't use voicemail, so go ahead and email me at schlokemedia at gmail. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we don't, put it off I don't, right at that Gmail. Thing. I don't use voicemail. Right. I don't use I voicemail. I definitely did not use that inflection <laughs> or anything. I'm above voicemail, you see. Voicemail's People old People like school. me don't need I'm too young to use voicemail. Actually, yeah. So I, I, I figured this out yesterday. I got my cell phone bill or whatever. I used like four minutes last month. That's how mine is every data, But like four minutes. I'm oh, never man. on the phone. I hate the yeah. phone. It doesn't make any sense. You know, John Roderick said that my voicemail, my voicemail sounded like uh, the most generic, boring voicemail ever. So I have to change it, he said. <laughs> what is know. your voicemail? I, I don't know. Is it like... This number. No, I think it's me saying thanks for your call. You've reached the voicemail. Like, again, like you've reached the voicemail box for Dan phone. Benjamin. If you would like, please leave your name and number and I'll return. You know, it's the very old school. Like You made me record an old school one on mine. Yeah. So everybody, even my parents have to listen to that. Yeah. But anyway, Schloke exists now primarily online and primarily on Twitter. He is at Schloke. S H L O K Y, not Schlocky. It is at Schlocky mm-hmm. on Twitter. Maggie, you are also on Twitter, and uh, yours is at Maggie Lee Ball. Maggie Lee Ball. It's my name. Hattie is Hattie Bird. Two D's, no T's. Two D's and an I E. And uh, I'm Dan Benjamin. I appreciate you listening. We didn't get to most of the email, but we will next week. And I appreciate you all listening. Please consider rating the show on iTunes. It's the best way to help new listeners find the show. And uh, thanks very much again for that feedback. Keep it coming. And we'll talk to you next week.